0: It's time for the Engaged Club, the podcast for club managers and operators that strive to create loyal and connected members, guests, and customers. Here are the two guys with the club management and digital marketing advice you need to realize your club's potential, Jim Hope and Roger Kincaid.
1: Hey, welcome friends to another episode. I'm Roger Kincaid. I'm the
0: marketing guy from Off Course Golf. You can find our website at offcourse.golf. I'm Jim Hope, and I'm the GM of the Derrick Golf & Winter Club, and this podcast is supported by the Canadian Society of Club Managers. Hello, Roger. How are you? Jim, super good,
1: man. And, and uh, this is the sequel. This is the Empire Strikes Back of our, of our little tiny <laughs> podcast series now, uh, <laughs> where you're telling us uh, uh, 10 traits of remarkable employees.
0: Yeah, this is uh, part deux. Uh Part one, we covered uh, that an employee, a remarkable employee is never satisfied. They're willing to delay gratification, they can tolerate conflict, they focus, and they judiciously, they are judiciously, judiciously courageous. Right. Um, Number six through number 10, which is what we're covering today, are number six is they're in control of their egos. Exceptional employees have egos. Well, that's part of what drives them. They never give their egos more weight than what is deserved. They're willing to admit when they're wrong and willing to do things someone else, someone else's way, whether it's because of uh, the other way is better or it's important to ma- maintain team harmony. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
1: Yeah, like that. You know what I think about? I, I was just kind of get this picture in my mind when I think about a person with a strong ego is um, cufflinks, Yeah you know, the, the, the yeah. pants <laughs> that don't break all the way down to the shoe and they got the funky socks on impeccably pressed shirt you know, a clean jacket that's on trend. I mean, I'd like to have these people showing up to work at my club, I think. Um, But it's important to have that ego, but it's also important to keep it in check.
0: Yeah, and is ego also, can it be parallel to confidence as well? Right, Uh, absolutely. uh, Right. I I think, you know, the two of those go together. And I think what I really liked in this comment was that – uh, they're they're always they're whether they're they're willing to do it another way, uh, maybe because it's the better way, and they're not their ego won't get in the way of the fact that they have to be the one that that's right. And sometimes, if you're going to get the exact same result, but it's important to maintain maintain team harmony, you'll do it that way anyways. Mm-hmm. So they yeah they have an ego yeah they have confidence, but they're but they're more focused on the end result and making sure that that happens, and they're willing to do it uh, you know to keep the team happy as well. I thought that yeah. was really.
1: You know, I, I, it's always funny to me too that a lot of people just instantly correlate having an ego with being a jerk, and uh, those are two completely separate things. I mean, don't tolerate jerks in your midst, but I like the person with an ego who's very confident about the domain that that they have some, you know, authority and 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 some command over, some mastery over, understanding where the boundary on that domain is and where it is that they go from mastery to learning more.
0: Yep, you uh, spot on, Roger. Uh, number seven. They recognize when things are broken and fix them. This is my favorite. This is my favorite and the one that I posted on my LinkedIn page when we put up this article. Whether it's a sticky desk drawer or an inefficient, wasteful process affecting the cash flow of the entire department, exceptional employees don't walk past problems. Oh, it may, oh it's Oh, it been that way forever simply isn't in, the book, in their vocabulary. They see problems and issues to be fixed immediately. It's that simple. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I remember the first time I heard the phrase, never walk past a problem, and it just completely changed me. And there are so many times where I will, you know, walk down into the laundry room, grab something, turn around, leave the laundry room, stop, turn around, go back to the laundry room, take my
0: clothes out of the dryer, put them in a
1: basket, carry them upstairs. <laughs> never walk
0: past a problem. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 it goes back to what we've talked a lot about in, in previous podcasts about moments of truth, right? You know? It's like, you know, I'm walking down the hallway and you see something, you see a chair that's a little crooked, you just keep walking or you stop you, or you go back or do you fix it? I'm not sure that's a problem, but you go back and do you fix it, right? Right. Um, and it I also like the fact that it's not somebody else's fault. If, if in my office, my desk drawer is a little sticky, Uh, I can get on the walkie-talkie and call uh, facilities and say, hey, I got a sticky desk drawer, or I can walk down and grab the WD-40 from the shelf, spray the desk drawer, move it in and out, it's fixed, and we're all done. Right. And I know people, you know, um, we have people at our club that would be on the walkie talkie to facilities to say, can you come fix my desk drawer? They'll come and take the, the, the can of, 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 of spray that's sitting actually on the shelf just behind them and spray the (laughs) desk drawer, moving it out and away they go. But people would say, that's not my job to do that. That's somebody else's. So I love that person that just get, just fixes it because it needs to business busted and I'm going to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I loved your example about the laundry too. (laughs) do. that all the time Um, number eight is that they're accountable if you're a manager trying to decipher a bungled report it's not my fault is the most irritating phrase in the english language exceptional employees are accountable they own their work their decisions and all their results good or bad they bring their mistakes to management's attention rather than hoping no one will find out they understand that managers aren't out to assign blame they're out to get things done
1: yeah no that's plainly put i think it's a lot easier too to correct your mistakes when you take accountability for them
0: you bet and uh it's easier to build trust obviously when you're an accountable person if, if I know that you're going to admit to a mistake when you make it, I also know that when you're sticking, when you got your guns to something and you're sticking with it, I know that that means a lot to you. And I'm probably more likely to stick with you on that as well. Cause I know that if you're making a mistake, you're going to, you're going to mount up to it so that if, if something happens and you're not mounting up to it, I know it's probably not you that that, uh, whatever that was happened to. Um, and it just really, to me, builds trust between you, um, as a leader and your employees. Uh, so I think it's important that they are accountable to you and you need to be accountable to them as well. I think one time we don't do as leaders often is myth that when we've made a mistake, And I think it's the thing that we should do whenever we have it. This isn't about, this isn't showing a weakness to your team. When you say I've made a mistake, this was my fault. I think it's a strength when you say that to them, because what you're saying to them, it's okay to admit that you made a mistake because you're not, we're not here to prove that you did, that you were wrong. We're here to just make sure we do the right thing. So if we made a mistake, great. What do we learn from it? What are we going to do next? So I think accountability is a two-way street. It's an up and down the ladder for sure. I love it. I think we're at number nine now. We are. uh, They're marketable. Marketable means many things. Inside the organization, it means likable. Exceptional employees are well-liked by coworkers. They have integrity and leadership skills, even if they're not in an official leadership position that people respond to. Externally, it means that they can be trusted to present the brand well. Managers know they can send these employees out to meet with clients and prospects without knowing, uh, about, what they'll, uh, knowing about what they'll say or do. So uh, it's a trust factor, right? This is somebody who speaks well to the brand, uh, can carry themselves well uh, in public uh, and around probably other employees uh, uh, and along with uh, guests and, and clients and members. Uh, and they know that they'll do everything that uh, fits who they want to be as a club.
1: Yeah. And they fit with the club, too. Like exactly like you just said, you know, they they, they deliver the brand. Yeah. You know, with every breath, with every action, because they're marketable, they're well liked within the club and they're trustworthy outside the club to carry the message. So, you know, that having that person on the floor is going to be good for growing the club. I, I love it. And we've talked about it in the past, Jim, the concept of customer service or hospitality as a marketing tool. And I mean, you need to to push your employees to be that marketing tool for your club. You, you need them to be the conduit to the evangelists that are going to go out in the world and say, hey, I'm a member of such and such club. And boy, it's great there. Let me tell you why.
0: And doesn't that uh work for you too when 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 you go out to uh, and you' you're involved in a service experience whether it be at a restaurant or a hotel or uh, just a in your local the men'swear store that you've got somebody that really believes where they are and and so and loves where they're working right and talks so highly about the, the place as a, a a place to work a place to come the culture of the organization the people that they work with the brands that they're selling the the, the items that they're, they're they're selling how great they are and how wonderful they fit how much they're going to how good this look that shirt's gonna look on you when you wear it. And you walk out the door with this thing in your bag and you've just overpaid for a shirt that you, you could have bought at winners or the Bay at a 50% off a 75% off tag. But the minute you put that on you go, yeah, I look good in this shirt, right? And you did it because this person was they were they were living in the vibe, right? They were yeah. loving what they were doing and they passed that on to you. So I think that, 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 that as you said, I think that's what marketable means. And it and it sells your business when you've got people that are marketing it for you internally. All right, mm-hmm. you did a whole, you did a whole podcast on that, which was brilliant. Um, and the last one is they neutralize toxic people. Ooh. Dealing dealing with difficult people is frustrating and exhausting for most. Exceptional employees control their interactions with toxic people by keeping their feelings in check. When they need to confront a toxic per, toxic person. They approach the situation situation rationally. They they identify their own emotions and don't allow anger or frustration to fuel the chaos. They also consider the difficult person's standpoint and are able to find solutions in common ground. Even when they get things completely derailed, emotionally intelligent people are able to take the toxic, toxic person from a grain of salt to avoid letting them or her bring them down yeah that's really
1: really difficult to do i mean anytime emotions get involved it's obviously pretty hard and let's face it people say some pretty mean things but um boy that when you've got that that person that i uh, i call that a bomb technician when you've got somebody who can walk in and diffuse a situation like that and make sure that you know, the integrity of the club is protected, but also that the the uh, intentions or the wishes of the member or customer are satisfied, you know, to some extent, it's probably a lot harder to completely satisfy them in in uh, toxic instances. But th- that person is an absolute MVP on your team.
0: Oh, yeah, they're, uh, uh, you give them a raise and a pat on the back and make sure that you never lose somebody like that. Yeah, you can't promote them because you need them in that spot. <laughs> exactly right. They're doing exactly what they're really good at. And you just hope that maybe they can, teach or lead other people to be more like that as well and hopefully have you ever seen somebody do that you know who'll be able to take that toxic situation and be able to just diffuse it and really handle it in a rational way mm-hmm. I just find that a really big learning moment for me whenever I see that like I stand back and I admire them for being able to do that because I, I can get hot tempered at times right and want to uh, not so much fight back but defend myself or defend our team or defend the club and then it becomes an even more uh, sort of irrational situation we're in and when I can see somebody who can do that, uh, you know, I just I bend over and bow to them um, and I admire them for the confidence that they have to be able to just stay in that moment, because for them, it's about the result, not about who's right or who's wrong in the situation. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I sense those people, they have, uh, I like how, by the way, we're we're definitely saying those people, uh, maybe you and I <laughs> do not fit the bill here, but, you know, those people, they, they have this calm about them that they believe is contagious. And then if they just maintain their calmness, then it, it'll, uh, it'll spread about the, the rest of the situation. You know, Jim, I think that when you see an instance like that, it goes to something you talk about all the time, which is, you know, celebration. And in that team meeting to be able to, uh, you know, re- you know, recall that that toxic instance, how that team member dealt with it and use it as a learning experience there and really involve that team member and say, you know, what's going through your mind and what is your objective and, you know, what is your purpose in a situation like that? I think that that's a really great opportunity for those around uh, those
0: around that person uh, to learn from the event. You bet. And 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 I think the other thing that, uh, that I find interesting when you do debrief after one of those situations, either one where yeah, the person was really calm, uh, they were really collected, they were just focused on the outcome, on how they could get this thing resolved, and then you look at the, the polar opposite of that where somebody had a, you know, they got uh, hot like the other person and this thing just got itself out of control. I think if you do a debrief on that with the two people or especially the person who weren't able to keep their emotions in check at the end of it, they probably are going to say to you, man, I really didn't handle that really well because they're going to go home with some baggage from that. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't think the person who kept their emotions in check was able to handle that in a really calm and controlled way. They're going home feeling pretty good about the end result, no matter what the result was, because the fact that they know that they didn't help put any more fuel to that fire, Mm -hmm. they tried to calm it and probably were successful at the end of the day. All right, so that's number six through ten about traits of remarkable employees. Run them back down real quick for us. Here we go from number. Let's start at number one again. We're starting. They're never satisfied. Number two, they're willing to delay gratification. Number three, they can tolerate conflict, similar to number ten that we just talked about. They focus. They judiciously, they are judiciously courageous. (laughs) You know, you're going to get that by the end of the next podcast. I I hope so. I should have spent some time on that. (laughs) Number six, their control of their egos. Number seven, they recognize when things are broken and fix them. Number eight, they're accountable. Number nine, they're marketable. And last but not least, number 10, they neutralize toxic people.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you found it helpful, valuable, and you want to share it with your friends in the club business, please, by all means do. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Engaged Club.
0: This has been The Engaged Club podcast with Jim Hub and Roger Kincaid. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with your fellow club managers and operators. Until next time, thanks for listening.